This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Kyle and I have the one and only Mr. Mike Crowley with us today what's up mike hey guys how are you we're good, good. man we're good we're uh, we've been shooting the breeze a little bit about war stories that will spare you guys the gory details from hearing but uh listen man i already know your backstory and typically when we have people come on here we uh talk about how they got into insurance and how long they've been in it and everything else i don't i think you may have been in insurance in the womb <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm definitely coming from one of those uh, family-bred agencies. Uh, but the the funny part is, um, going into high school and you know going into college, it was never pushed upon me to join the agency, and I had to actually bring it up and say, "Hey, listen, I think this is something I want to do. I see a real future here for me. What do you think?" And they had to sit there and like kind of think about it. Because they weren't in a position where they were like, yes, this is what we want to do. We want to bring <laughs> another generation to come in here. They were very comfortable. Uh, and that put a lot of pressure on them. So for me to bring the conversation up first, that makes a big, uh, made a big difference to them and a whole bunch of other stuff. I can tell you from firsthand experience that the older generation, not necessarily open to the ideas of the younger generation in many cases. No, and ours was definitely one of those. Uh, that's Yeah, that's for well, sure. I mean, good for you that you've been able to work your way through it. I have Florida Risk Partners as a result of my inability to do so. <laughs> well, we'll put it this way. We've gotten pretty close. We had pretty close back in the day. Uh, and, and I think you've heard that story uh, before and, and definitely some others have. Um, if you attended the Innovation 19 conference, uh, you heard a little bit more background uh, at the IOA, um, IAOA, I should say. It sounded like Jason Cass there, um, <laughs> to, to the point where um, you, you heard the story of how I came in and, and where the trials and tribulations were. Uh, but we, we got through that uh, very smoothly now, uh, now that we look back and, and things are things are great for it. You know, it's interesting, man, because having been through a very contentious eight year time period where, um, you know, I felt like I, my opinion was never really considered or respected. And I had ideas for things we needed to do that just were ne- it typically fell on deaf ears. Uh, you know, congratulations that you were able to make that work. And, and one of the things that I took out of my own experience was that I would exactly as you said, my oldest son's in high school right now. Never once have I said anything about him coming to work with me. He's mentioned something a couple of times about, uh, you know, what it might look like down the road for him to do that. And I've been very, very clear with him uh, that he does not have an easy road ahead of him should he choose to do that. For a couple of reasons. Number one, I got people like Kyle and Kim and Raphael that have been with me, you know, for a while now that are helping to build the agency. And I'm not one of those guys that's just going to hand my kid the opportunity to come in and be a figurehead of an organization. He's going to have to learn how to work a desk and do all of the things that he needs to do. What I think is um, the most interesting with him, though, 
is he's working at Publix right now in a grocery store. And that's where I started was in grocery stores. And so he's somewhat interested in learning the management end of that business and operations. And he gets, you know, as excited as you can get of being a teenager bagging groceries, you know, of his opportunities coming up, right? He wants to, um, you know, he, he's talking about work, going to the customer service desk and then maybe being a stalker and doing this and doing that. You know what? At the end of the day, if he wants to be in the grocery industry for his entire career, I will be his number one fan and biggest sounding board. I want him to do what makes him happy. I want him to have a job where he's appreciated and respected. And that's all I can ask for. Now, if he wants that to be at Florida Risk, that's his business. But like I said, there's a process he's going to have to go through. It's not like you just walk in and I sign a paycheck for you every week. Well, and I think that's one of the where you see family businesses fail are when people are handed those roles. And unfortunately, family businesses have gotten that kind of, um, uh, you know, affiliation is that like, oh, you're handed this because your name's on the sign or, or, or your, your daddy built this agency or your mom did this. And that's why you have what you have. The thing is, it doesn't get to the second, the third or fourth, fifth generations, by just, especially in today's day and age getting handed it to you. Right. Uh, you have to learn, you have to learn how to do it and you have to learn how to do it differently because things are changing. They're changing rapidly and your business is not going to be successful. If you think, Oh, I'm just going to come in and, and, and work my, the, the nine to five hour and, and not care more than everybody else. And that's just not going to be the way it is. And I think that's a great, uh, path that you're going to lead them down. If he chooses to do it. And I hope my kids are, are going to be able to, I mean, obviously they're, um, still I'm elementary school age, but that is definitely something that I hope to build. I want to build an agency where they're going to be welcome to join if they choose to and want to, and, but they're going to have to earn it. Yeah. And if they don't, you're perfectly fine with that too, right? I mean, the last thing you want to do is force somebody into a role that they don't want to be in or not necessarily yeah. force, but put the pressure on them to be there because they're not going to ultimately be happy and, and productive. And it turns into be, being cancerous. And look, I'll be the first one to admit, I was probably the biggest tumor in the organization by year eight. I was done. Like I had been done for a long time. And, you know, the relationship with my dad was the only thing that kept me there. And when I realized that that wasn't as valuable to him as it was to me, then I decided to cut bait and go do my own thing. And guess what I did? Every single thing I had been bitching about for eight years, I did when I launched Florida Risk. And guess what else? It worked. Yeah. How about that? Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that I have the only mousetrap, but I mean, I think that one of the things that you guys like you and I need to be cognizant of if we're bringing that next generation in is the way that technology and everything else is changing now is 100% different than it was 20 years ago and 1,000% different than it was 40 years ago. We're yeah. seeing things change over two years that would take a decade prior. Oh. And you know, I think that the agencies that are going to run, run into having problems are going to be those agencies that are stuck in the way that they do things and they, they don't listen. You know, they, they don't listen to that next generation. Now, look, if my kid comes in and he's going to try and tell me how insurance works and certain endorsements on a commercial policy or whatever else, I'm going to hand his rear end to him. It's not going to happen. Right. But if he comes to me and he's giving me ideas that would ultimately help the agency and how we're getting our message out or communicating with that next generation Mm -hmm. or whatever else, I'm all ears for that. I will never discount an opinion or an idea that could make the agency better. And I think that's what we all need to be doing is listening because look, our kids have good ideas. And guess what? If you haven't had a teenage kid yet, who's got their face buried in their phone, then you don't understand, you know, how powerful their ability to tell you how to navigate Instagram and Snapchat and all of that other stuff is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you, have to, you have to have op- open ears. Yeah. And, and, and you're, I mean, I can see it and I'm sure everybody else can see it. That's potentially listening here that even just the local agencies that are in your town or that you, that you come across constantly or whatever the case is, you know, which ones are adapting to maybe the new way. And, and not that the old way is wrong, but the new way is the one that that next generation is going to be able to come into versus cut and bait quick and selling because they can't keep up with the fact that there's a demand for something as simple as electronic signatures because mm-hmm. they don't still have DocuSign or some other program. And and those are going to be the ones, and it's very important for the agencies to start implementing something on that line, because if not, they better just start planning their retirement now and, and figuring out how to get, get out, because there's no other way around it. 
Well, I mean, and I imagine that the perpetuation and stuff in an agency that's been around as long as yours is, you know, that's that's got to be something that's important. And it's it's a different angle for me being scratch agency four years ago. I still have to figure all that stuff out, get it formalized and finalized. You know, now Kyle knows that because we've had the conversation multiple times he'll be a partner in the firm and he has a path to equity. He has to earn that just the same as anybody else does. But you know, when you're, when you're starting from the very, very beginning and you have to figure all of that out, it's a whole different animal than than walking into it. Um, And you know, that, that's my goal, man. You know, in our firm, my number one goal is to make sure that whoever has helped build the organization is taken care of. You know, if you're a team player and you come in here and you're going to put the effort in, I want you to be rewarded. I don't care if you're a service person or if you're a producer, every single person in my company will have a path to ownership in the company, whether that's an ESOP or an equity play or whatever else. I have already devoted 40% of the overall pie to being able to do something like that doesn't mean that I'm handing 40% to Kyle the second he, you know, is ready to go. It just means that I will not allow myself to be diluted over time any more than to 60% ownership. But I look at it this way. I either want an exit where I sell to a third party and everybody who helped me build the firm has a, a financial windfall for doing that, or I give them the ability to perpetuate the agency by buying me out through distributions over time mm-hmm. and they can still perpetuate it and, and do their own thing. Kyle's 15, 16 years younger than I am. He doesn't necessarily need to have a financial windfall at his early age because it may not be enough to sustain him, you know, through retirement. Whereas if he has a, if we not, have a, perpetu- not with my wife's Amazon habit, bro, <laughs> <laughs> you would be both. <laughs> but let me, let me ask, let me ask you this, Kyle. So knowing yeah. that, how much different is your mindset probably going into every single day, knowing that you're building something that yeah. is actually going to, you're going to have a piece of, or can have a piece of if you do what you want. And that's how, yeah. that's how I always looked at it too. And from the day I started at 22 to, to, to before I got ownership, it was like, my name is on that sign, whether mm-hmm. directly or indir- indirectly. So my reputation and every, and the reputation of the business uh, proceeds. So I'm not going to be a uh, stupid 22 year old doing something stupid where it's going to bite me or the business uh, on, on behind. And to me, it makes a world of difference on how you think of everything going forward. I completely agree with you. I, I think that's huge. Um, I think you have to have that mindset, right? Otherwise, you're just paying yourself into a corner. Uh, you know, I, I've had other jobs where it's that, that's just not even something that's on the table. And you approach it differently. You're absolutely right. You don't, you don't go in each day with the same mindset of, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z because it's going to, it's going to have this outcome down the road or, or, you know, benefit me in this way or, or be a better look for the agency. Right. So I I think that that is absolutely a hundred percent on point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, the other thing too is not being, not hiding behind those conversations, right? Like, I represented to Kyle what my vision was for the agency when I brought him on board. And, you know, I, I don't know, man, it's just really weird because you, you you talk to different agents from across the country. Everybody has different perceptions on all of this stuff. Everybody, you know, some guys are like, I'm not giving anybody anything. I'm the one who took all the risk. I'm the one who built this agency on my back. And I'm, you know, my philosophy is, did you though? I mean, did you, did you do it all by yourself? You know, no, there's no way you, you didn't build it on your back, bro. I mean, you, you might have your name on the outside of the building and you may have started something, but at the end of the day, you know, there are other people contributing to the revenue, which ultimately contributes to the overall success. And I just, I never really understood that. And for me, you know, I've, I've always been of the mindset that the quickest way to get from point A to point B is just to go from point A to point B. I'm not flowery. I don't go around the block to get next door. If I need to have a conversation about money or equity or anything else, I have that conversation and I'm emotionally immune to having that conversation. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. And I think that a lot of people freak out when you have to start talking about those kinds of things. 
because human nature is we get possessive about our stuff, number one. Oh, and, yeah. and number two, it's just we've been taught that it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. It's not for me, and it never will be. But I think because, people appreciate that straightforwardness, right? I mean, yeah, I some, do at some least. Do. Yeah. Some do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess it depends on what you're talking about. But um, yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm, you, can, you can tell by the people who have not, you know, made it for the long haul who does and does not appreciate the straightforwardness and True. the directness. But, you know, my opinion of all of that is if they would have had a little bit of that, you know, early in their career and gotten used to it, they probably would be a lot more successful than what they are right now. You have to be willing to give feedback. You have to be willing to take it. If You know, that's the other thing too. You know, I've always had an issue because of my size that I'm not approachable, right? Cause I'm six, four, I look like a lineman, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't want to talk to you. So like, for example, we have a, a, a part-time girl that comes in here to the afternoon in the, in the afternoons in the office that I work out of. And I had to sit her down a couple of weeks ago and just say, look, you know, I asked her, I said, out of curiosity, what is the average amount of time that you're here that you feel like you're giving me a hundred percent of your attention? Like just out of curiosity, because I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that's going to record screens. I'm not one of these people that's going to micromanage it and browbeat people. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And to a certain degree, I might need to be a little more that way, but I'm also of the mindset that if I walk down the hallway to get a cup of coffee or go to the bathroom or whatever, and every single time I do that, I see you shuffling to put your cell phone away, there's a pretty good chance you're spending your afternoon texting. And so I just asked her and I said, how, you know, how much of my time, uh, how much of you, how much of my time that you're here, am I getting a hundred percent of your attention? And her answer was roughly 40%. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, now number Eh, one, roughly 40. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, in the, she first she couldn't give me a percentage, and I said, "Well, just give me your best guess." And she said forty. And of course, my reply was, "Well, typically people only admit to twenty percent of what they've stolen from you, so I'm going to say that it's really probably about twenty percent of your time, giving you the benefit of the doubt." And by the way, yes, you are stealing from me if you're here using my time to text, and I'm paying you for that. It's the same thing. Yep. And you know, I said, "Look." I need to understand where the wheels fall off the wagon for you because I'm answering phones. I shouldn't be answering phones, not because I'm too good to answer phones, but because that's what I'm paying you to do. And I should be dealing with things that are bringing money in, you know, in terms of production or supporting producers. And I said, so shame on me for not setting the appropriate expectations, but you know, these are the expectations and I want to make sure that we're both clear because I am going to manage these very aggressively going forward to get you on the right track. And her response was, well, you know, after the second or third time that I brought something up about what you wanted me to do here or do there, I just quit asking because I always felt like I was bothering you and I didn't want you to get mad at me. Now, A, I've never gotten mad at her like I would one of my kids. Um, And B, I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Let me just step back, take a second, look at what what she just said to me and realized this girl's probably a bucko five soaking wet. You know, Tops. I'm I'm three times the size she is. Yep. Easily. I, she's probably scared to death to even bring anything up to me. So well and I, they, you know and, they, and there's the, the the problem even with not even just the, the intimidation factor of of potentially approaching you. She knows probably what your schedule is like. She knows what it's filled into and to try and squeeze in while you're running to, to grab a cup of coffee to, to address a problem is not easy because she's picking up on the fact that, OK, he's got something way more important. So I'm just going to kind of sit here and be quiet. And that's yeah. and that's tough. I mean, I, I mean, I see that. And I mean, I got a seven person office. We're all right here. I mean, but if I'm running around, it's that's a whole different mindset and different ballgame. Well, Kyle, I mean, look, I'm difficult to get a hold of during the day most of the time. My schedule no. is <laughs> my <laughs> schedule's packed. Everything is on my calendar. But look, to her credit, she she took it like an adult. Yep. You know, I informed her, you're you're not a kid anymore. You're an adult. So this is an adult conversation. But um, you know, I told her, look, you let me decide if you're bothering me. I'll tell you. Like if if you're bugging me or you're bothering me, I have no problem saying, look, this can wait, or you're bugging me right now. But um, She's done a really good job of staying in front of me for the last couple of weeks. And I told her yesterday, I'm like, look, I'm glad that you're doing the stuff that you're doing. And even though, and I said, so congratulations for that. Now we need to get the expectations of productivity taken care of because you're not retaining things. So I want you to make sure that as you're asking these questions, you remember my answers 
and that you don't have to ask the same question twice because I am going to start putting counts on you for what you get done. Like how many quotes are you pushing through a day? Because really, you know, for all practical purposes, I don't want anybody in the agency touching middle market commercial except for me or Kyle or, you know, like the producers or the one account manager that we have that's dedicated to middle market commercial. Yeah. Anybody else's support staff, that doesn't mean that their role is less. It just means that they have other things they need to be doing to help the agency be profitable that are honestly equally as important. If you don't answer the phone, you don't make money. So we have, you know, a couple of people that are handling all of the personal lines and small business and they're their own self-contained unit because we don't have enough personal lines in the agency to justify having somebody just service personal lines. It just doesn't make any sense yet. And, you know, I, I joke with people all the time about shiny object syndrome and what's the worst, you know, what's the biggest shiny object thing they've ever, they've ever done as a result of attending a conference or whatever else. And I tell people all the time, the worst shiny object I ever had was coming back from innovation 2019 and letting Justin Sloan talk me into why I needed to have personal lines in my agency. <laughs> and and I, I subsequently opened it three months later, right? We had never touched personal lines in our life. And now I'm understanding that maybe that wasn't the best idea, but that, you know, it's taken, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Truthfully, it's taken us a long time to sort of get things to where we understand the workflow of it, and the process. And we're at the point now where it's relatively smooth, not a hundred percent where I want it to be, but now I'm going to start putting some marketing dollars behind it. What's crazy to me is how many inbound leads we get with no spend at all. We do nothing. Yeah. Yep. And we have people calling in that find us on Google or Yelp or the uh, the number one place seems to be when they go to a carrier's website and click the find an agent button. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, the, and the thing is, it, you're not doing anything, but neither is 97% of the other agents. And and that's the that's the uh, the difference that that you and 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 we and, and uh, hundreds of other people that we communicate with on a regular basis is if you're putting your agency in a, in a position to actually do something, you're never going to have a problem getting business in. No, and that's it's scary, man. People don't understand is that like everyone's worried about, oh, should I start doing this or should I uh, make sure I buy this shiny object that's going to help what? I'll bring in leads. Can I buy leads? I mean, like if you're having trouble getting leads in the door and, and, and growing year after year, now you might not be doubling your book of business. You might not be adding, you know, millions of, of dollars of premium on the books by doing that, but you should constantly be growing if you're doing something. It's funny because I did a blog post that I published late yesterday and then shared on social this morning about um, my technology doesn't have to be your technology. And I think that there's so many agencies out there and producers for that matter that are that are so worried about keeping up with the Joneses. And if you hear somebody say they have something and they have a successful agency, ooh, I better go out and get that because that'll make me equally as successful as they are. The problem that they don't contemplate is you actually have to use that stuff. That's a bad right? Right. I can have yeah, I've got the best CR, you know, I could have the best CRM that money could buy, but if I don't have processes around getting data into that and how to use it and and making sure that it becomes habitual for me to use it and have the automations programmed in and the drip campaigns on the email and the lead scoring set up and all of that stuff, HubSpot is absolutely worthless. It's nothing but an expensive software tool that will do absolutely nothing. And yeah. so when people come into killing commercial, one of the first they they will always ask me two questions number one do i need a crm number two do i need zywave and my answer to both questions is prove to me that you need either one before i tell you that you need to go get it if you if you go out and you find two or three accounts that want you to do an experience mod audit as a result of a marketing campaign that you put together then guess what I'm going to tell you that you need to go get ModMaster because you've created the need for you to have ModMaster. Yeah. But don't just come in because you hear me talk about it and it's something that I'm doing in my agency and assume that you need that. I operated in this industry for 15 years without having any of those tools. And, and, you know? and, and I've gone down that rabbit hole years ago. And when I started making changes uh, within our agency and things started to work and then you'd see and hear some of your mentors and agents you looked up to and said, Oh, they're using this. I got to look into it. They're using this. I got to look into it. That is a bad rabbit hole to go down to because you're going to constantly be comparing yourself to them where their market, what they go after, what they do is completely different than what maybe you're doing. 
And buying those tools is just an expense. It's not going to help you unless you find the need to help. And it goes back to what's the need, what's the definition of, of your need? And most of those tools I got rid of fast that I started demoing and, and signed up for. And then all of a sudden, six months later, I'd realize I'm not using this to its capacity. Might as well just be another management system that you're not using to the 100% capacity. Let's just kind of move on from this and, and stop and stop and refocus. And, and I'm seeing a lot of agents, uh, a lot of agents reach out to me all the time asking, especially ones that are part of family agencies. I got a local, a local one that uh, I started, I would say mentoring him a little bit. He's a 25 year old that's joined his family agency. And literally it's, it's me 10 years prior and I see it. <laughs> uh, and so I, I've, I've developed a great relationship with him and literally he, he'll text me or, or call me and say, what do you think of this? And I'm like, you don't need that yet. Like, I know where you are. You need to make certain small changes and baby steps before you start adding expenses like this or this. And because you're going to be disappointed with the result, your, your father, your uncle, whatever is going to be disappointed with the results, especially if they're paying for part of it or all of it. Uh, don't do it. Cause it's just going to put you in a bad position. And perfect um, comparison of this is David's golf game, right? <laughs> I mean, he's got the brand new Titleist irons, but his swing is garbage. So he still sucks. Is it, is, it, is it Charles Barkley's swing? No, it's, it's not that bad, but his no, hands are not. reversed, and it's it gives me, it makes me want to have a seizure every time I see it. Yeah, but you're well, a good thing, baseball it, player, aren't you, David? I am, and it's a good thing for Kyle that I haven't picked up a golf club in a year, so he hasn't had to witness that train wreck. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I, you know, when it comes when it comes to baseball players and their swings, they're usually always a little quirky, but they can hit the ball a mile. So one, one, one out of 50. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's... <laughs> I'm busy building, I'm busy building Kyle's legacy for him while he's out <laughs> screwing around on the golf course. So I'll have to apologize. for okay. that. <laughs> All right. Love it. Next, Love next it. time you need me on a call to pitch a prospect at 10 o'clock in the morning on a zoom, I'm going to be at the range, man. You got it. You can handle you it on be. your own. <laughs> should be work that thing So listen, out. man. Yeah. So here's, here's a question. Like, and I don't want to focus on the whole family thing because I know that's probably what you get asked about the most. Um, I'm interested in the technology stuff, though, and, and not just because it's a family agency, but because it's an old agency. Uh-huh. And how have you guys addressed meeting technological needs and the drive for change as you're as you're progressing into the the new normal of of what agencies are doing versus how it started out? How do you guys handle that? So, I mean, I had a ton of pushback for years as I tried to do different things. There would be, uh, you don't, we don't need this. Why would we implement this? People aren't going to use, use these tools we, we do. And, and, and I'll touch quick on, on this part because I think it's a really key of where a family agency and not even just a family agency, let's say a legacy type agency where a producer or, or a a future potential owner is looking to make changes and they're not getting buy-in from, from the ownership. Um, and what are you supposed to do? And, and it was funny. I, I listened to a Gary V keynote once and he talked about family agencies when he joined his dad and, and his liquor store. And he went on this big whole story and somebody asked, well, if I can't get buy-in, like, what am I supposed to do? I, like, I think we need to make these changes with our technology and our marketing and whatever else. It doesn't matter the business you're in. What, what do you do? And he said, well, you can either wait your turn because, you know, your, your family or your people built a great business. Why are you who are you to ask them to change it? And then or the option is to annoy them every single day until they do it. Uh, what I did differently because I was sick of those meetings and those pushbacks is I literally just invested in it myself. So we're one of the biggest problems that people have with technology. One, they don't want to learn it. And so they don't want to adapt it and get everybody on board and train and do all that stuff. So there's pushback there Two, It's expensive. They see the different costs associated with this. And we've talked about it with just the shiny objects. There's so many different uh, softwares and programs that you can add that supposedly is going to help your, you know, your business, you're going to grow because of this, but it's, there's an expense on it. And, you know, the older generation doesn't just gamble with those expenses. They don't see that and see it as a way to make more money. So for me, I just invested it myself. So I got rid of the need for them to learn or pay for it. And as I invested and as it started working, we started adapting more and more and more, but we would try and take on one thing at a time. So I'm going to change and, and I'm going to implement, uh, uh, change our new websites and I'm going to implement quote videos. 
Like that was one of the big things we did, but that was three and a half years ago. And then we added something else and we added something else. So watching that kind of growth has solidified and made things easier for the, even the type of local town uh, majority personal lines agency that we are, we are has made it so much easier that during the COVID shutdown, during when everybody started to work from home or whatever the case may be, we didn't see any kind of pushback or drop because clients are, clients are used to dealing with us and all that kind of stuff. So we have mm-hmm. carrier reps having Zoom meetings with us now because we're not letting them in our office and all that other stuff. And they're saying, hey, listen, look at your numbers. How are you? Like, what did you do in March and April when, when New York was like basically completely shut down to grow? And I'm like, we did nothing different. We just kept the pace that we were going constantly. Um, and that made a, just a huge difference on everything. So did you just like suggest uh, you know, different things and keep getting shot down? So you you said you invested in yourself and you implemented Was it just, just you who was using it and you started getting results? And you're like, okay, hey, look, here's the results. And then... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I mean, again, you, you add on a, a new website change. Okay. Advisory mm-hmm. evolve. There's people that still push back on his monthly cost. To me, that is the best, <laughs> best money I've ever spent in my entire life. Okay. Dude, so, that is, that is my all time favorite, you know, in number one, if you're out there and you're part of the people that are complaining about the fact that Chris charges $150 a month to, and then another 50 for the power pack, go try and manage a WordPress site by yourself. I wish you all the best because if you're complaining about the maintenance costs associated with that, you don't know what it's like to have plugin updates oh, that yeah. have c- conflict with another plugin and it takes your whole site down. Or I feel like it, 150 bucks to manage that is not a lot. It's not a lot at all, but people complain. It, it blows my mind how many people complain. And look, yeah, I, I, th- it's ridiculous that they complain, but the other thing is, they just don't know. Like the average person out there that's an agency owner has no clue what the back end of a WordPress site right. looks like. No. I have a different perspective because, you know, I've built them myself before and had to maintain them. And the whole listen, I didn't even hire Chris because I thought my site looked bad. I hired Chris because they would handle my site for 150 bucks a month. Yeah, that's the right. whole reason I hired him was that monthly cost. Well, and they do, and and there's so many of his clients or people that are looking at his product or whatever else, they don't they don't look at the value they get with the tools he gives us because they don't want to learn it. And it goes back to the generation before where, okay, if I implement this technology, do I need to learn something new because I don't want to learn something new or I'm refusing to learn something new or whatever the case is. He has people that are refusing to use the products that he's built in and the tools that literally make your agency more money. And I'm, I'm a huge component for those tools that he has. And and like, I mean, he knows this and he's got a client for life with me just because I wouldn't be anywhere where I am without him and the products, because I probably wouldn't have implemented uh, quote videos as fast as I did. And to me, I, I mean, I do that for every product or every policy I sell. And it, it's to me, it's a game changer. Well, I think the thing that, that is really the most telling for me, I think that there's a subset of people out there that think when you go pay a company like Advisor Evolved to build a website, it could be any of them. You know, I'll be I'll be brand agnostic. I don't care if it's Advisor Evolved, Forge 3, any of the people that we know of that are the usual suspects for building websites, you know, for our agencies. If you don't put gas in the engine, it's not going to do anything anyhow. It goes back to what I said about the CRM. I had a guy that was complaining about the fact he wasn't he, he he couldn't understand why he wasn't getting traffic to his website. He spent all of this money on his website, but he couldn't figure out why he wasn't getting traffic to it. And so I reached out to him. I thought I was being nice. I reached out to him and said, look, you know, let me ask you a couple of questions. Maybe I could help point you in the right direction. So we went back and forth on private messenger. Actually, it was more of a one-sided thing where I asked a few questions and he didn't bother to answer. I got the, I got the thumbs up from him and that was it. But this guy was griping about what he was paying. And it wasn't an advisor of off client, but I, I went to his website to look at it and it was not even there. Yeah. I'm like, dude, where's your website, man? He's like, oh, I took it down because it wasn't getting any traffic. I said, so you guaranteed that it's not going to get traffic now because it's not there. But my question is, what were you doing to drive people to the site? You have two choices. You can either have content on there that's going to get people there on their own. And it takes a long time 
to get the crawlers on Google to recognize anchor text and keywords and all of the things to make that happen. Or you can have paid ad traffic that's going to push people there or a combination of those two things. But if you aren't doing any, if all you're doing is buying a website and seeing it on a domain and hoping that you're going to get leads as a result of it, that's crazy. It's like buying a Lamborghini and just having a helicopter drop it off in your library with no gas in it and then never putting gas in the tank to make it leave the driveway. Yeah, it's right. dumb. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, there's too many people that still have that kind of mindset, even in 2020. Like it's one thing that what twenty years ago when when websites were like you make sure you have an agency website okay well that I mean now that this shouldn't be a question this is what you need to you might as well shut the doors there's no reason to to even stay in business because all you're really doing is hurting your value I mean and and again I I think differently when it comes to acquisitions okay we've had some successful acquisitions but that's because we kn- we knew the agent we knew where their the business it's all local we're we're looking to stay in that more local mindset but like that's going to be questions that i have for every new acquisition in the future is okay what have you implemented technology wise what kind of response do your clients have technology wise because if i got to spend a whole bunch of money and time to retrain your clients on how to do something i'm not paying you what you either expect or not so either you can sell it to you know the the larger uh the sharks in the water which some of these small agencies still don't like that. They like that mindset of like, I want another small agency to take care of my clients. I don't want it to just be thrown into that, you know, that bank owned uh, agency that's uh, across the country or or whatever, the equity partners of this. They still want it to go to, you know, somebody that rep- reprimands or represents somebody like them. And if they're not doing this stuff, they're, that, that dollar figure is going way down. That that multiple is is shrinking. Look, I've said it before and probably 10 times just in during COVID, but I think it's natural selection at its finest, man. Those that are going to be willing to adapt and push forward are going to be very, very successful. The ones that are going to be the most successful are the people like our agencies that already have that technology and have had it in place for several years prior. But I think you're going to see the acquisition price for agencies drop like a rock for, for exactly the reason mm-hmm. you just said. If if you know your book of business is worthless to me, if I'm going to spend fifty or seventy five percent of the revenue just having to get your systems up to date, adding seats to my licenses, you know, to my different licenses, training your clients and your prospects on how to do business with us, it's nuts, man. I just can't even imagine. Well, I'll let you sell it to somebody else. And then I will target them and take the business for free versus paying you for it. Right. <laughs> I mean, so that's, I mean, that, that's going to be, the, Hey, your agency sold. So you're looking for uh, Mr. Smith's agency down on, on main street and he's gone and sold it to some big person for some high dollar figure. Well, now you can just target those and you'll BOR people all day because they still want to deal with somebody that they know, like, and trust. And they're going to build that relationship. You go to a, a big shop. They're not going to, they're not going to know anybody. So talk, you might as well talk to an 800 number. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I think that there's still always going to be, no matter how commoditized it becomes, there's always going to be that subset of the population that wants to deal with somebody. They don't want to, they don't want to deal with the call center. They don't want to deal with the automation. I mean, you can, and Hanley, Ryan Hanley put a piece out about this. I'm going to admit that I didn't read the whole thing. I I read a portion of it and and he and I've had the conversation. So I knew what he was, he was saying, but you know, you're, you're, we're not, using technology to replace the human experience we're using technology to enhance the human experience and if you know there's so many things that we waste our time on that could be dealt with technologically that ends up taking away from our ability to spend time with those people who really need it that that's really what we're focusing on in the agency and i mean again i talk about it i talked about it in um you know in the article that i put out last night but a lot of these agencies go out and they buy technology blindly, you know, in, in I truly look at it as if you're bringing another team member into the organization. Anytime you invest in a piece of technology, well, if I were going to go out and hire a body, what would that look like? What would I do? Well, I would interview them. I would probably check out their social media. I'd probably check out their references and do all of those things. Why aren't people doing that with technology before they buy it? Why aren't they running them through the same process before they hire technology that they would do it do to hire a body? Part of the problem is that they're buying technology to solve a problem and, and run processes that they've yet to define inside the agency. That's exactly. right. I mean, and, and look, 
I'm Wes Anderson's an awesome guy, right? I'm going to be using agency VA. And we talked about this a couple of months ago and I need to be getting onboarded with him, but I'm not ready for it. Like from a process standpoint, it's going, and I, this is not a, this is not a negative. I actually think that I'm doing any of the VA companies out there a service by, by explaining kind of where my head is so that anybody who's thinking they need it, have their expectations set correctly. If I were, if I were Steve Holly and I had everything mapped out inside of a company intranet, including how to change my toilet paper roll, (laughs) <laughs> then I could bring on a VA with no problem because my processes are completely defined. Yeah. But for me to bring a VA on, the first thing I need to do is define what in my day can I take and hand over to this person to make my life easier. That's number one. Now, that's the easy part. The, yeah. the hard part is how do I create instructions and a set of what the expectations are and how each of these processes should be done in order to flip them over to a VA so that I have consistency in those processes getting completed. That's not the easy part. That's the part that takes a tremendous amount of time to do because for me to go in, even if it's getting content on the website, for me to go in and create a blog post, I could have a VA do that, but they're never going to do it as quickly as what I can. And for me to sit down and record the process and how I use the SEO plugin from Yoast and all of the other things that are on the back end of the site, it's time I don't have to do it. So what I've done is I've basically just carved out a section of my day every day right now yep. where I'm taking one task that I need to hand off to somebody that I can record the instructions so that when I have about 25 tasks that I do over the course of the week, I'm ready to pull the trigger and move on. It'll be a much more seamless process. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I don't know if you use the VAs or not, but for me, Makes sense I, I, to me. I have to slow down to make sure that the overall experience is good. And I think a lot of people don't do that. Oh. And they get frustrated because there's they, 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 they can't define what they need done and then it's not getting done. And next thing you know, they're bad mouth in a VA company or whatever else. I don't think that the they're only it's like anything else. I view them as a tool, a human tool, but yeah. they're a tool. Yeah. And if you don't know how to use the tool properly, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. In it. Yeah, that's I mean, you couldn't have said that any better because it, it's exactly like buying a piece or getting a piece of technology or a new software to help solve a problem that you don't have the time to to take care of, but you also don't know, have have the path to get the problem solved and you are still going to have to be a part of that. So as much as they could support you in different things, okay, you want them to create a blog post, but you're going to tie a video to that. They're not taping the video. You're still taping the video. So if you still can't schedule that time to tape the video for yourself, it's pointless to have them writing pieces of content without the rest of it to be part of it. And you're not going to be able to create that nice, happy uh, rhythm on this stuff until you have all this stuff down. And, and, and again, I learned that the hard way, just trying new products. And then I would le- just let them sit there and be like, when I get some time, I'll try and figure this out. And that's why people are frustrated with different softwares and stuff when they're like, this isn't easy to use. Like I, I see it. And I mean, you know, Langeal just built a ton of different great landing pages for his clients. Right. And I had a conversation with him last week and I said, you know, you could have just built one and everybody could have just customized it. And he's like, oh, yeah, but, do you know, like most of the people don't know how to find where the landing pages are, let alone how to customize them. And I'm like, there's where, again, people don't want to take the time or they don't think they should take the time to learn how to use the back end of the tools that are there. And, and by the way, they're the same ones that are bitching about $150 a month. And he's got to hold their hand when he's built like probably a dozen or two dozen landing pages. I actually had Chris and I had a conversation this week about that exact topic. Yeah. You know, and, and I told him, I'm like, dude, I really appreciate you doing that. But we built all of our landers ourselves using the tools that are on the back of the site already. Yeah. So I don't I don't need any of what you did. It's not because I don't like it and think it looks good. Ours are just already done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, almost every page on my site, that's not the homepage and like the two product page, the main product pages are recustom built by myself, just playing around with his landers that are on there. I have, mm-hmm. I have a whole page on video resources that I've, that I, that I did a year or two ago where I did videos every day for a while. And I have different questions and uh, asked and answered. Well, I used his mobile app landing page and just recustomized it 
to fit the need of like, okay, here's our YouTube channel. Here's our, our series on uh, 100 questions in 100 day type thing. And here's, here's how everything's going to break down. That's his landing page. I just recustomized it. It didn't take me long. And I mean, again, it's, it's trying to solve a need, trying to figure out what that need is and getting people to focus on that. There's too many people are running a whole bunch of different ways, not knowing the path they want to do. They're not understanding what their success is. What, what, what am I looking to, to drive here? What, what kind of success do I want in creating content or, or getting traffic to my website? They're just plugging it in and hoping that something works and moving on to the next thing. And until people really figure that out and, and have the goals in mind and the paths in mind, they're not going to succeed the way they want to. Well, I know, and you, you just touched on it. You, you did the hundred videos in a hundred days deal, right? Did you, you actually got that done, which apparently created the animal that is now Chris Green, who just feels like he's doing content in perpetuity. Like, I don't even know. Every time I hear from this guy, thousand videos in 300 days, he's like in the, he's, he's probably in the 10,000s by now. The dude, like, (laughs) he cracks me up, man. Yeah, he is. It's just, he he's a savant for con like Chris is just one of those guys. There is no other one. Like there, there's nobody like Chris out there and you know, God love him. You know, some of the things he does just absolutely blow me away. Like how he has tweaked and manipulated HubSpot to do the different things that he's doing there is just mind blowing. And it's funny because I asked him one time or I was talking to him and we were in innovation out in San Diego and he was talking about, well, I listened on this podcast and then on this podcast and then on this. he rattled off like two dozen podcasts that he had listened to. And I'm thinking to myself, who has time to listen to all this stuff? And, and then I got to thinking, I'm like, you know what? He doesn't fly. He drives everywhere he goes and he records all of his content on site. So this dude is literally in the car listening to podcasts all the time. Yeah. And I mean, there's no telling how much worthless knowledge he has in his head just from all of the stuff that he's listened to, but it's made him able to, I think, you know, and I'm not being critical of Chris. I think that the thing that's made him really, really good is also one of the things that sort of presented some challenges for him too, because he does know how to do all this stuff. And when he goes to hand it off to somebody or, or have somebody else do it, he's a perfectionist and expects it to be the way he would do it. And other people just don't have, they don't have the the ability to do the things that he does. They don't, they don't have the knowledge base because no. this guy is literally like it's almost like he plugs his brain into the wall and gets a download, you know, for eight hours while he's driving. Yeah, and and, <laughs> honestly, and honestly, he's built such a brand for himself, not necessarily his agency. Mm-hmm. Now, as much as everybody knows, maybe. I don't even know if the agency is even called the flood group, I, whatever. But it, again, everybody knows what he specializes in. He gets probably. 50% of his business from other insurance professionals across the country because they, A, they don't want to deal with flood. They don't know how to deal with flood or it's a hassle to them and they just know he's going to take care of it. The problem is it's he that's taking care of it. Where the back end is going to be is where he can train the other people to successfully work to the point where he's the flood call center in a way. where right. like, That's where everybody's going. Where now everybody's just private messaging. Chris, can you take a look at this this thing? And it's not going into that that flow in that system. Where So he's going he's gonna to scale to a certain point. He's going to stop. And either A, he's going to have to stop his content producing so he can keep up with the, the, the revenue growth that he needs to, to write all this business that's coming in. Or he's going to have to find the people that he can train and get on his, his wavelength. Because that's going to make a big difference. So talk a little bit about the hundred videos in a hundred days that you did. I mean, what that did for the agency and then also kind of how you're morphing that into your content strategy going forward. Uh, it, it was more of a, so I started doing video a, a year or two prior to that. And I tried to do a weekly video series and just really just starting to build content and it was going really well. And then like most agencies and most producers, you got busy. And, and I hate using that word, but it's true. I got too busy where I was not pri- making content a priority anymore. And so I had about nine months into a weekly show. Like every Tuesday, I would, would produce and have a video pushed out. And then all of a sudden, Tuesday turned into Thursday. And then up, I missed one this week. And then I just stopped. The goal of doing the videos was solely for the fact that Ryan Hanley called out people that said, nobody has ever done this. And you saw, and I'm showing you the numbers and how it worked. And I needed a push to get back into doing content. I needed something to motivate me more than I know what this is going to do three years down the road from making this content. 
It's going to be a, a, an online producer selling things for me for years to come. I needed something more. It's something internal to say, you know what? I need this push. And so I heard him give a, a presentation. I heard a recording. I think it was down in one of the Carolinas, North or South Carolina. Uh, Albie, I think, had an event. And they, he, he was down there, gave a presentation. And I heard that he's just like, after eight years, nobody has still done this. And I said, forget it. I'm doing it. Like if you talk to him today, he would tell you after X number of years, nobody has done this, you know, not the hundred, but people still aren't doing it. I mean, it's funny when you listen to Ryan, when, when I talk with Ryan, he's been giving the same speech for a decade. Yeah. Like literally it's the same thing and people aren't listening. Well, in- I'm with you though, man. Like I'm, I'm the exact same way. I was blogging 10 years ago, t- 10, 12 years ago, had success doing it. And then it's one time. Yeah. One time of skipping it, it's like going to the gym, man. One time yeah. you skip it, next thing you know, you're at Golden Corral on your third trip to the buffet, not even anywhere near a treadmill. I mean, it, it, yeah, it just falls off <laughs> yeah. that quickly. And it, this is the same thing, man. I have to have it on my schedule. It is the first thing that I do every single day yep. is record a video. That's it. That's all I have to do. Then the rest of it, boom, send the video to Rev, let Rev transcribe it, go in, use Grammarly, turn it into a blog post, yep. done. Yeah. Easy. And, and and if you, and the gym reference is, is spectacular because everybody that has ever tried to go to the gym, used to go to the gym, stopped going to the gym, knows that feeling, knows mm-hmm. the feeling their body is when they wake up the next day and they're sore. In a way, it's almost the same way where it's like, you know, that this is one of the hardest things to do is to get back in that rhythm, in that rotation of I'm going to produce something this week. And what am I going to produce? So it forced me to get back into it. And that was it was it was uh, it was tough. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. And there's a reason nobody's done it. The problem is nobody's, I mean, for the most part, nobody has even gotten into a normal rhythm, whether it's a weekly one, it doesn't even have to be daily one. And that goes back to the fact that 97, 98, 99% of the agencies out there are not trying these things. And he had to say something for 10 years or so to, to try and slap people on the side of the head to say, you know what, this works. Here is the result. And he did it at an agency that wasn't a big technology agency. They didn't already have a good online presence uh, to make this stuff come in for another reason. It was solely off of his marketing uh, abilities to bring that in. And more agencies need to try and do something of that. I mean, because consumers in today's day and age, they're getting smarter, but they're getting uh, more hectic. They're getting busy mm-hmm. to the point where everybody is running a hundred different ways. That's why they want things done easy. They want it done their way, whether it's on a technology basis or if they want to meet you in your office, it depends on the circumstance. It depends on what they want to do. So if you can develop educational tools and things to make things easier for your clients, no matter who that client is, no matter what their, what their mindset is, you are going to be successful. And so for this really pushed me to say, okay, I'm going to create content. No, I'm not going to continue doing this on a daily basis because I'm just going to fail. It's like the person that's like, I'm going to go run 50 miles today instead of starting with one mile. Like you just know what you just know you're going to fail. So if you can create a constant flow where you're constantly putting out videos and written pieces and, and all the other stuff, audio, starting podcasts, all that stuff is, is the way that people are going to communicate uh, with you, they're going to absorb your information so that when they're ready to buy, they know that they're calling you. Like that, you don't need to push the marketing right into their face or right into their inbox or mailbox or however you want to market. They know who you are. You built the brand for for your your niche or your your territory if you're on a community basis. I think that one of the biggest mistakes any of us make is when we try to force people to receive information where they, where we think that they should receive information, not where they want to receive it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to the video quote thing and everything else, I really think that for guys like Chris Langille, COVID is a blessing because it's forcing people to use tools that he's had out for how long that have never been used it the way that used the way they should. And from a a prospect and a client standpoint, we are conditioning now our clients and prospects that this is a good way to do it to the point that they're like, holy cow. I mean, I want to 
do this after COVID. I, you know, and now I can go, you're going to give me a 10 minute video on my homeowners and auto renewal. And I can watch that at nine o'clock at night when I get the kids down. And that's the only time that my husband and I, or my wife and I have the ability to sit on the couch and actually pay attention to something. And we don't have to go to an office and we don't have to talk on the phone. This is awesome. I want to do this going forward. It changes the game, man. If nothing else, for all the negative that's happened with COVID, the way that it has forced people to adopt technology and forced agencies to use the technology they already have, the way it was intended to use yeah. is change. It, 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 you, listen to what I say. It's changing our industry and already has. Your example right there about the husband and wife sitting on the couch at nine o'clock at night was the response I got from the first ever video proposal I did before I even had Advisor Evolved, I, I knew I was, I was, he was building my site. I knew the tool was coming and I said, I need to try this out. So I use, you know, Screencast-O-Matic or something to just record. I think I put it on uh, an unlisted private video on YouTube. I put on a, a picture in the email that was embedded with the link. The person came back and, and they basically said, hey, we're ready to move ahead with the insurance. We love the video. My husband and I remembered last night that we have to talk about this. As soon as we put the kids in bed, we sat down. It was 930 at night. We poured a glass of wine. and We're like, we got to talk insurance. And we hit play. And you did a five-minute video that, that answered all our questions. We had no problem. We didn't have to come in and sit down. This was amazing. Let's start the paperwork. Mm-hmm. That response was the number one reason that I didn't say, oh, well, maybe I'll do this on uh, you know, some big accounts or whatever else that I do on every single new business, also some renewals. And because in three and a half years, I only had two people not like it Two, And, and yeah, and that was pre COVID now COVID. Now people are going to be used to using it. They're going to be used to clicking on a video and watching something. So now it's going to be even more so. Yeah. And it's interesting, man, because I think, you know, again, I try, I tend to push the envelope a little bit in terms of how I use stuff and and trying to use things in a way that not everybody thinks about. And we, Kyle and I actually did a campaign for uh, cyber insurance where we used a quote vid, but we created a landing page using the quote vid with uh, with a, a video with the ability to click a button or a request of vulnerability assessment, click mm-hmm. another button and you could download a copy of the information about our, our cyber program and, and or, you know, had our calendar embedded on it that if you got there, you had the ability to schedule time on our calendar. And the thing that I like about it was it was a material part of my email signature that they could click a button from my email signature and it was password protected so that when they got there, they had to put a password in because subconsciously somebody's like, Oh wow. man, guys putting a password on there, this gotta be good stuff. Yeah. It was nothing different than I would tell them, you know, sitting across the table from them, but using stuff like that and and, and figuring out new ways to use the technology too is crazy. I, you know, look, I'm the first one to tell anybody I pay for power pack on advisor evolved. Quote vids is the only thing I use. I couldn't even tell you outside of I know there's something on there called case studies or whatever else mm-hmm. that I should be looking at and learning how to use all of these things because I know that they'll help us. I, I haven't done it. You know, I'm perfectly fine with what I pay a month and I'm only using the one tool and, and I'm using that and, and, and I'm in the minority. So I can't imagine. I mean, that's a commitment that I'm making going into 2021. I might not be the one, but with us moving more and more into personal lines with with a dedicated staff of personal lines people that's something i can hand off and say go become an expert in this learn everything you can about it this is what we need to be doing and i want you to re- you know report back to me and you can show me how it works or whatever i'm happy to sit down i'm just not going to take the time to put everything together the way i need to well that's one of the pushbacks that people people have when they're trying to get their staff using quote vids or video proposals in general they know it should work maybe they're not client facing because they've kind of gotten out of the the sales game and they're in more of the business owner role and their staff doesn't want to do it. And and part of that is that's on you as the owner to set the expectation that this is what we want. We hired a new producer two weeks ago. On day two, he was doing a, a, a quote fit. And I took a picture of it and I and I like sent it to Langill and I was just like, hey, just so you know, day two. I saw it. Yeah. You posted it. Yes. Yeah. And I did. And, and it's one of those things where it's like he – He's just he's scratch into the insurance industry. So it's not like he's whipping off insurance knowledge left and right to these people. It's on this video. 
but he had no problem getting on there because of the way that I brought him in, the way that I trained him. He knew exactly why this works because we have three and a, three and a half years worth of, of back, back knowledge on this. It's not like this is the cool thing we heard about. Let's try it. No, this has worked, and here's the reasons why. And he dove headfirst into it, and the response was amazing. Um, I re-listened to his video, and 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 as much as he might have said um and ah, I still say um and ah all the time. So I mean, it's it's not a big deal because people like the 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 rawness of it. They like authenticity, man. You're going to say um and ah if you're sitting in front of them. Exactly. Yeah, it's no different. So it's it's one of those things where you you got to pick the tools and the the resources that's going to help your agency today and it's going to help your agency three five years from down the road or you're going to get swallowed up at some point. Yeah, I think the other thing is you set the expectation. This guy's brand new coming in; he doesn't know any different. That's the expectation. So mm-hmm. this is what we do here. If you have a problem with that, then you may have not you know may not belong in this agency. You know, I mean, and I'm saying that from my perspective, right? Because I had one of one of my producers that's no longer <laughs> with me anymore walk into sales meeting one time and said, "Yeah, I'm not doing video." I'm like, uh, all right, and within a week he was gone. That yeah. was awesome. I remember that day. You know, and it's just like. Okay, well, that's fine, but that's what the expectation is. You know, it's interesting. Um, the the one thing going back to Hanley, and the one thing that he said that really it resonates with me, it always has, is every time you write a blog post or get a piece of content up on the internet, you're essentially hiring a salesperson that works for you 24 hours a day. Yeah, and so I think that a lot of the time, you know, the an excuse number one is I'm busy or I don't have time. Or number two, I, you know, I just, I I don't know enough about that to create content. Well, my philosophy is a little different. You know, I've got a producer that is getting ready to meet with me here in a few minutes that's in the other room that doesn't have insurance experience and didn't really understand things. So guess what? When COVID hit, he's required to have a blog post to me every day by five o'clock so that I can build the library, get it up. Guess what? If he doesn't know what the topic is, I mean, if he doesn't understand that topic, He's, re- he's doing research and he's learning the topic. I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm taking somebody and, and teaching them the industry without having to really do it. And in the meantime, getting content put up on the website that's going to be valuable to teach that same concept to somebody else. And I think that if agencies don't have a content strategy in place, there's nobody to blame but the person in charge of the agency because it doesn't matter how, if you know everything or if you know nothing, if you have the commitment to make it happen, you're going to make it happen. And maybe you should look at making that commitment instead of being at the golf course at two o'clock on Friday afternoon or bending elbows with your buddies at the 19th hole, you know, three days a week. Focus on doing this. This is how you build your business. I mean, I could have a golf swing as good as Kyle's, but I'd rather have a good asset on my balance sheet. Let me make this clear. I am a weekend golfer. Okay. <laughs> well, and you know, I was on my Google Analytics yesterday, and I see a uh, the top ranking thing for the past week was a blog I wrote four years ago. Like, what was it? What was it on? Uh, the difference between an independent and a captive agent. Like it was just literally a piece that I put out for something and it wasn't even anything that I I had any back, like, like theory behind it. There was no strategy with this one. It was just something piece there. And I'm going through because we just ran a direct mail campaign following up on a, on a, on a landing page. And I kind of wanted to see where people are coming in. If it's coming, people are coming from Facebook ads or if they're coming from the direct link. Right. So I'm, monkeying around on there. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I haven't seen that title in like the longest time. And look, it's the top ranking thing over this past week. You got to wonder like who shared it, where, you know, or whatever. Not a clue. And, but it just shows you that if you just build stuff, it doesn't matter how good it is, or even some of the stuff that you have behind it. If you're not targeting people, this was never targeted to anybody. So I don't know how it just took off to somewhere or some keywords that maybe it's ranking someplace, but there's where, People need to realize that you don't have to have this big giant plan of saying, okay, we're going to build this and we're going to have 37 steps behind it. Write something, put it on there, work, come back to it later. You can reuse this stuff all the time. Just start doing something, make those baby steps. Well, and that's that again, it goes back and we're going to end with this because we've been going for about an hour, but you know, it goes back to what I say all the time. You have to have evergreen content. There's a lot of agencies that are screwing the pooch right now because everything they're putting out is related to COVID. 
you know, I, I know this is probably going to be earth shattering to some that are listening, but COVID's not here forever. Like it, it will at some point go away. It might not be as fast as we want it to, but at some point it'll be gone. And guess what you're going to have populating your website? A bunch of crap that's irrelevant because you've taken the time during the pandemic to invest in publishing content about something that's not going to be around as opposed to the things that will be around as long as insurance exists. And it also changed so fast. Every day. So as people right. were posting that the, the COVID con- branded content by the next day, I mean, it even goes back to the PPP loans. Okay. If you post a piece of contact hoping it's going to last for a while, guess what? The guidelines to the PPP loan change the next day or the next week. So the stuff in your con or in your blog post is, is wrong. So now you have right. bad information out there. And that went the whole way. I did one piece of content for that. And it was about sur- surrounding. Cause again, we're a big personal agency. It's surrounding the refunds that personally, starting with Allstate, that they were going to get back on your auto insurance. And when I did it, only one of my carriers had jumped on board. By the end of it, 14 out of the 15 did. And That's a very powerful piece of content, Mike, that you could coerce 14 carriers to uh, do what you told them they needed to do. Exactly. <laughs> Got you, you can't make me look bad, uh, carriers, so everybody please jump on board. And uh, I got a good 90% of them, so... But a boy. Yeah. Well, listen, man, we have had a blast having you on. I knew this would be a good conversation. I told Kyle up front that you would be an easy guy to have on the show. Um, tell them how to find you, brother. I'm sure though people will reach out to you and want to, I would want to hear more. The easiest place is searching on LinkedIn right now. Um, some of the other sites, I don't, I don't necessarily look as much as LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my go-to social media site right now, especially for communicating with, with others. Uh, it's easy. It doesn't get lost. And, and I try and stay away from the news bearing, um, site of Facebook as much as possible. And so, uh, reach, search me on LinkedIn. You'll find me. Cool. Sounds good, man. Listen, appreciate your time today. Pleasure as always. Thanks. I hope you have a great rest of the week and, uh, Look forward to dropping that artwork, man. I, I'm, you're you're going to be a tougher study for me. I'm going to have to do some research to figure that out. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully you get a nice smile. And if anything, you can't get the spike in the hair good. You can always throw that Crowley hat on it. Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's an automatic, dude. Automatic. <laughs> automatic. All right, man. Have a good one. We'll catch you guys later. Hey. Thanks, man. See, See ya. Thanks. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. Killing Commercial.